Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. So if you struggle with this, as I believe that we all do or we all have to be prideful or arrogant because we still are battling in our flesh, we have those moments where we think we have it all together. This sin is no greater than any other sin. But God is reaching out by His love and His grace tonight by communicating to you to stop and that He wants to turn you away from that sin. He wants to forgive you of those sins. We all have struggled with pride. This sin often lies at the root of our struggles with other sins as well. In today's message, Pastor Eric reminds us that we need to humble ourselves and acknowledge that only God has the ability to redeem. We can't do this on our own. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of today's message. Oftentimes, you know, if I'm hiking or something like that, which is very far between, but I think, as I said that, of my times when I'm in Honduras, and we're hiking those hills into these villages, and you're like, when's the next house? Where is it at? And you get tired. You look for a rock to rest upon, to sit, to rest, to eat your lunch, you know? And that's exactly what God is for us in our lives. He is our rock, one that we can take shelter, one that we can take rest in. God is our rock, and we can always lean upon him. So already we see these three, these applications, these three promises of God, and knowing that we can rejoice and that we ought to rejoice in God. And so let's continue on in verses 3 through 5. We see more of the prayer going up to God. So her heart is in in the state of rejoicing in God and his promises. So now in verse 3, she says, Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of mighty men are broken, and those who stumble are girded with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children have become, has become feeble. So here we see that it seems to me that she is crying out to God, she is praying to God, but yet she has her uh, sister wife, Penina, on her mind, speaking about her actions It's saying that, talk no more so very proudly. Because again, you go back to the the, the, what's going on and what God has done. He has delivered her from these harsh and hurtful words of this other woman. And so this other woman must have had a heart of pride. Saying, I've got all the kids. You have zero But here we see, let your mouth not speak arrogance anymore. Because Peninnah was all over Hannah with her words. All over her. Provoked her severely, you guys, to make her miserable. And so here we see just that heart just communicating back to God saying, you know what, let no more arrogance come out of your mouth because God is mighty. So Hannah prayed, knowing God resists the proud words of Peninnah. Didn't he? He resisted them because he granted Hannah a child. Hannah also knows that God is the one with all knowledge. God is calling the shots. Man does not have any final say in life. Meaning what? What this woman was telling her, you know what? Okay, I don't have kids for many years, but you know what? Who has the final 
Answer, who has the final call? Man or God? God calls the shots. He has the final say. And we also see that God is the judge and he weighs the actions of man. God knows man's heart. Now what a great warning we see within these two verses, verses 3 through 5, three verses. A great warning for those who are walking in pride and in arrogance. Here we see through Hannah, her prayer, God, His Spirit, His Holy Spirit, communicating to you and I not to be proudly, not to let arrogance come from our mouths. God is specific when dealing with pride. To be honest, I I truly believe that pride is really intertwined in almost all sin. It comes down to me, right? What I want. And God is specific with pride. Pride is what got Satan in trouble, right? He says, I will be like the Most High. He was prideful. And so the Bible tells us, you guys, it should be on the screen. He says this. And you know, this is a verse that we've put up many times, but really let it soak into your heart tonight. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. God will not stand for pride. Eventually, the pride will fall. The prideful will fall. And many times, haven't we seen, many times in your own devotion time, in the times that you're reading God's word, that those who are prideful... What happens to them? They fall. Their prideful hearts fall. This also points out to you and I, to me, I guess, it points out, we should really check what, our, what words are coming out of our mouth. We need to check our words before we speak them. How often do we actually think about what we speak, but so many times we just are like a, a gun slinger and we just shoot from the hip. We just react And we speak, but may we check our words before we speak. Because God is telling us here in his word, let no arrogance come from your mouth. Just because somebody says something doesn't mean that you have to give your opinion. Let the spirit of God speak through you. And if God is telling you not to speak, then don't speak. It's okay not to answer. But so often we feel that we have to say something, right? This person's asking me something going on, and you start thinking, well, you know, on your own situations and stuff like that. Maybe just wait and let the Holy Spirit tell you what to say, if he wants you to say anything at all. Maybe it's just by your actions. Because oftentimes what I'm learning, our words don't mean nothing. <laughs> they just go over people's heads and they keep focusing on themselves. But... God's word impacts a life. Be sensitive to God when he wants you to speak and when he doesn't want you to speak. Man, we must not be arrogant. We don't know it all, right? Arrogance. I think we all sometimes battle with that. Arrogance. And, and so I got this cool little story about Arnold Palmer. Uh, I like his tea, the Arnold Palmer teas. Well, it says this. He recalls a lesson about being arrogant or overconfident says this, uh, it was the final hole of the 1961 Masters Tournament. It's a long time ago. I had a one-stroke lead. This is him speaking about it. I had a one-stroke lead, and I and had just hit a very satisfying tee shot. 
I felt I was in pretty good shape. As I approached my ball, I saw an old friend standing on the edge of the gallery. He motioned me over and stuck out his hand and said, Congratulations! I took his hand and shook it. But as soon as I did, I knew I had lost my focus. On my next two shots, I hit the ball into the sand trap, then put it over the edge of the green. I missed the putt and lost the Masters. You don't forget a mistake like that. You just learn from it and become determined that you will never do it again. And I haven't in 30 years since. And so here we see that, that scene of arrogance, right? And sometimes we feel like we always have the word to speak. But you know what? Sometimes your words can cause more damage. And you can totally send something off even worse. But we need not to be arrogant with the words that are coming out of our mouth. Don't think that you know it based on your experience. You've got to always rely on God's Spirit. Don't base it off of your flesh. Base it off of God. The Bible says the Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. So God is going to honor those who are humbled, right? Yet, we see in these verses, we see yet another promise. Who loved the promises of God? I do. And so you see yet another promise of God here in the verses of 3 through 5. God knows all things. God knows everything. And we can rest in his knowledge. Hannah understood this, you guys. And instead of listening to Peninnah, Hannah turned to the one who knew all knowledge. He didn't get stuck with the lies and the words coming from man. She went to the throne room of God and sought his knowledge and his counsel, his answers. And God granted her and blessed her her request. But we also see, you guys, that God is all knowledgeable. That's a promise. But he is also the one who judges the actions of man. And that right there is pretty hardcore because there's a lot of people in this world that bring a lot of influence uh, into our lives. But we got to remember who we're going to be standing in front of. The one who is going to judge our actions as believers. The works that we did, are, were they done in the flesh or through the Spirit? But the book of Revelation tells us that every man will stand before God. And it says this in Revelation twenty twelve. And I saw the dead, small and great. Small and great. It doesn't matter. All, right? Small and great. Standing before God and the books were open. And another book, another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the works by the things which were written in the books. So this is telling us, and God is telling us that every man, small and great, is going to stand before God. So yes, God is going to be the ultimate ruler. And that is just being communicated here, knowing that she knows that the actions of man are weighed by God and that he knows all things. So being prideful and arrogant do not coincide with God. They do not go together. So if you struggle with this, as I believe that we all do or we all have to be prideful or arrogant because we still are battling in our flesh, we have those moments where we think we have it all together. This sin is no greater than any other sin. But God is reaching out by his love and his grace tonight by communicating to you to stop and that he wants to turn you away from that sin. He wants to forgive you of those sins. He wants to remove, he wants to heal within our hearts. 
If you battle with pride, I would say tonight, just cry out to God and just step out of the way and say, you know what, I'm arrogant and I don't want to be anymore because your word tells me not to. And I believe that God will heal you and he will remove that sin from your life. But it's up to us then to deny ourselves those moments where we think that we've got the answer to rely not on the flesh but on the Spirit of God. And that's hard to do sometimes. Because oftentimes I think I have a word to say to people, but it might not be directed by God. In fact, I know it's not, because sometimes I'm like, why did I say that? Oops. Continuing on in verses 6 through 11, as we wrap up, it says, The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. So here we see in these verses 6 through 11, we see that the Lord controls life and death. God controls it all. Lord can change the life of a man, can't he? He makes the poor rich. He lifts up the low. And God has established the earth on his pillars. And not only does he do that, but he protects the saints. The saints are those who have put their faith and trust in him. He protects them. Did you guys catch that? He he will guard the feet. Guard. So they won't be taken out. And then we see Elkanah heads home. But the child, whose name was Samuel, stays and ministers to the Lord. To me, as I read this passage, it just comes to my heart. And I know it's pretty basic, but simple. But that's who I am. Is God is almighty. (laughs) He alone is the one who controls all things. I don't have to worry about this or that because I know that the God that I believe in, the one true God, has everything under his hand. And then I also see that Samuel, from childhood, serves, has served God. Now, within these verses 6 through 11, we see more promises of God within these verses. Number one, you guys, God has all authority in man's life. And this is something that you could struggle with because the flesh and the spirit of God within you war, as it tells us in Galatians, against each other. But in the end, know that God has the authority in your life. This is very powerful. Please don't miss this. That the things that you think that ensnare you and that, that are holding you back, God has the power to break those things. Because why? You are a child of God and he has the authority in and through your life to do as he pleases. And those things that are not honoring to him, don't you think that he wants to get rid of? He does. 
Jesus said this about the matter. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So God has given this authority to Jesus Christ. And that authority is in your lives, you guys. May we reach out to the authority of God, knowing and giving him more power. He has all the power and stop giving the power to the enemy. The one who doesn't have authority, we need to give it to the one who has authority. God. And so understanding what this means, that Jesus has the power to make the decisions, all the decisions in your life. Whatever takes place on heaven and earth, God has the final say. So we need to be going to him with those petitions, knowing that he is the one who controls all things. This is awesome. (laughs) Because we know how the authority looks at us. The authority meaning God, how he looks at you guys. Do you know how he looks at you guys? And we're going to read this together. And this is a verse that we're all familiar with, I'm sure. But we're going to pre- uh, read it together because this is the, how the authority views you guys. Ready? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So what does the authority God think of you? To put your thumb on you? To make your life miserable? No. To give you a hope, a future, and bring you peace. And not of evil. But oftentimes we, we hold on to this, this evil and this darkness around us. But remember what I was sharing with you before. Light conquers darkness. And we got to go to the light. Jesus is the light, as it says in John 1. He is the light. God is saying he's in control of your life. You no longer have to worry about it because he has great things for you. Oh, but that's so hard to believe. Really, I really like, I'm comfortable in worrying about my life. You know what, guys? God is delivering me from that. It's not totally gone, but he's taking that broom and he's taking that out away from me. That I don't have to worry about my life. Because I can trust in him knowing that, you know what? I really see Jeremiah 29, 11. More than just a, hey, that's a good verse to get you through a tough time. It's truth. You know? Number two, God's promises wickedness will not stand. God promises that wickedness will not stand. You can take that to the bank. It's a promise. Verse 9 says, the wicked shall be silent. Verse 10 says, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. So I think it's going to be done. It is done. It was done at the cross. And as we're told by Paul that we wrestle with the principalities of darkness, not flesh, but the principalities of darkness, meaning the wicked, right? So with this promise... Remind the enemy, the principalities of darkness, of their future. Remind them of the future. Guess what? You lose. You're destroyed. It was eliminated at the cross when Jesus died. You have no stronghold over me anymore. Because I have been set free and Christ Jesus has now given me life. That's the second part of the gospel, you guys. The forgiveness of sin is the first part. And then the second part is that God gives you life through Jesus Christ. So remind the promise of God that the wicked shall be silent. That they need to be quiet. 
Because the one who indwells you is the one who has all authority in heaven and earth. Number three, the third promise that we see in these verses is that God will judge again. God will judge. And as we've seen earlier, there will be a day for judgment. There will be a day. But here's the good thing, is that God, by his grace and his long-suffering, has given you and I the opportunity to be spared from that judgment and that wrath. And that has come through God's love. Well, how can we get through it? Yes, accept God's love. And this is the hardest thing, I think, for man to do. Not to say, oh yeah, I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. That's easy to say. I'm good with that. I can say that all day long. But it's accepting God's love for you. That's the hard thing to do. Because so many times we say and we beat ourselves up, I am unlovable. I am not, God cannot love me. Well, why not? (laughs) Why not? Why can't you be loved? You can be, and God does. Stop arguing with him. Get over it. He loves you. Accept it. But you know what? I can say that to you all day long. But until you personally accept God's love for you, then you will not experience that freedom in Christ. Because yes, Jesus takes away your sin, but he came to give you life. He came to save you from death. And who wants to die? Not me. I struggle with the whole physical death, man. I'm like, I don't want to die. I don't want to experience that. You know? Well, guess what? You don't have to experience death eternally or spiritually because of Jesus Christ. He gives you life. (laughs) And with life comes peace. And why does God do this? Why does he forgive you of your iniquities? Why does he give you life? Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he loves you in the midst of your failures. Because Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Unconditional love. Remember, you guys? So God loves you. I know that's a church answer, right? You hear it from your wee little boy or girl. You know, God loves you. But do you accept that? Do you accept that he loves you? Have you accepted that? If you can, if you have then continue to submit your desires at the feet of Jesus. Submit your cry-outs, your rejoicing, everything at the feet of Jesus, and let him now, the one who gives you life, live his life in and through you. The one who has given you life, let the one who has given you that life live his life in and through you. Have a heart like Samuel. As a child, ministered to the Lord. You know what the word ministered means? It means to serve the Lord. He has given you life. Now turn that life and let him rip through your life and let him do awesome and powerful things in and through your lives. And in and through that, guess what you're doing? Serving God. And not man, but the Lord. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of 1 Samuel the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at 
That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. And if you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area. And we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-723-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write down this information. All of this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on and get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.